Hi everyone and welcome to All Wakey Aren't We? I'm Cy Boyle and this is my review of our match against Horbury Town. And what a match we have for you to discuss today. Uh, the facts first of all, 9th of September, Wakefield AFC 4, Horbury Town 3. In front of a massive crowd of 1,035. Now usually I'll go into the team and the match itself first, but... Because it was such a particularly large event and a landmark event for the club, I want to cover the day itself um, because there was a lot that went on that really deserves a mention. Um, as I say, it was a landmark because it was our first Saturday game at the new ground. Um, all the other home games have been on a Tuesday. And it was also the first derby of the season against Horbury. So the club did a lot of pushing to get... Uh, as many fans there as possible. Um, they had the junior teams um, coming across with uh, with their parents and families, and we had a hell of a lot of fans from from both clubs, uh, but particularly from Wakefield. Uh, I think in in the stands, and I think to be honest with you, the match day experience was really good. To use Rich's phrase, I'll try and paint a picture with words, but he's a lot better at it. Um, than I am, but you had all three sides of the ground full of fans, apart from um, obviously the newsstand, um, and all. I think all of us were sort of looking over at that, thinking, "Wish we were in there." To be fair, because I think it's gonna be a fantastic, fantastic atmosphere when we're in there, um, in the in the new stand under the with the new seats, which are starting to take shape now, and hopefully it's not gonna be too much longer before we're in there. Um, it was a baking hot day. Um, probably one of the hottest we've had for a long time. I'd say it was due to be 29 degrees, but I wouldn't have been surprised if it was over 30. Um, even in the shade where I was, um, in the far terrace, the, under, the, under the canopy in the shade, it was still baking hot. So God knows what it must have been like for the players out there. And for all the fans that didn't manage to find shade, I certainly commend you because uh, it was uh, it was a day of uh, extreme temperatures for us to go through, and that led for a lot of um, those cute massive queues at the at the uh, the bar, the outside bar and the inside one, the food stands, and everyone was just having a really good time at the football, which is what we want to see. The way that we've grown so much in four years um, is incredible when you look back on it. Um, Grace mentioned earlier on Facebook, not just after the game, on how we used to go to games where there was like 10, 15 people. And here we are with a crowd of a 1,000 um, in just four years. It's quite something, really, um, when you sort of sit back and look back at it. Um, but not just that. We had the music. We had the announcements. We had the scoreboard working. Um, we had the junior teams um, forming a guard of honour for the players with the Wakefield Trinity cheerleaders were there as well. The junior teams went round at half-time and were applauded by the fans. Um, you know, apparently they won some like 50 trophies or over 50 trophies over the summer, which is incredible, across all the different age groups. Um, so they got a chance to walk around and sort of see the see the fans, the fans sort of, you know, applauding them, what have you. There was one 
lad, a goalkeeper, who um, was kissing the badge and pointing at fans and stuff like that. And I thought it was just a really good, uh, good day out for them. And I think when you look back on it, it was just a great day of football. Take the match out of it, and it was great just to have that as an, as an event of football. And I give a hundred percent credit to everyone that arranged it, everyone that worked behind the scenes to make it go without a glitch. Because we've done a lot of changes over over the past few months, and sometimes there's been a bit of criticism. Uh, perhaps that we haven't done much advertising in the area and got the name out there. So to have got a thousand people into an event where we haven't even got the new stand open yet and to go from doing a lot of the stuff ourselves in, in, the, in, the, new, in the new ground, um, yeah, I thought they pulled it off fantastically, to be fair. So credit where credit's due, um, a really fantastic day. And a downside for me was the fact that Duncan played Chumba Bomba on the pre-match music, which is one of my f- least favourite songs, but uh, I'll have to get him back for that at another point. <laughs> so, that was the day. Fantastic, sunshine, beautiful football match. But to the game itself, the Battle of Wakefield, part three. Both matches... Last season ended in in away wins, um, and as we took on uh, Horbury, we were in better form. Um, we were higher up in the table. I think they were down sort of mid table and they've dropped a bit further now with that defeat. Our starting lineup in goal: George Bristol, back four of Aaron Pilkington, Jack Durkin, Nathan Hawkhead, and Callum Charlton with Nathan replacing Robbie Miller, who was suspended from the last game. Danny Ewell and Jaden Sando in midfield. Attacking midfield of Mason Ruby, Billy Mole, and Ollie Rodriguez-Green. And up front, Kieran Cissé, uh, with because Jake was still on the bench and Ash was away. So Kieran started up front. Substitutes used, Jake Morrison, Callum, uh, Cameron Barnett, Seb Losa, Jack McGann and Corey Woodward. And yes, Jack McGann, I'll keep making sure that I pronounce your name right because we never get it right at the, at the ground, unfortunately. So, the match itself and what a battle this was. It was one of those games that had a little bit of everything, really. Um, the first half, all Wakefield. Um, we controlled the game and I, I, th- I think... It wouldn't be unfair to Horbury to say they had little to offer, and we were three 0 up by half time, and it looked like we were cruising. And I think even I posted something on social media that said we were well in control at half time, which I'm never going to say again because after that uh, things changed. So the goals themselves. Ten minutes in, um, the goal scoring was up by Billy with a great screaming shot. Um, from the edge of the box, which curled into the top corner. Could be a goal of the season contender, could that one. And and it's his seventh in nine games this season. Um, so he's certainly picking up where he left off last season and pushing Jake all the way in the race for the first to be on to 50 goals for the team. Uh, he's on 45 and from my reckoning, Jake's on 42. So the battle for the first to 50 is still on. Seven minutes later, it was Ollie. Um, that added another goal, his second for the club. He was 
again causing problems on the wing, dancing past people. And um, this time he got inside, got a uh, a pass, evaded his marker, and a shot from distance that evaded the keeper and, uh, and just found the net at the far post to make it 2-0. And then five minutes before half-time, Kieran Cissé got his first of the season, um, went through on the keeper... Uh, his shot hit the keeper, but had enough power to kind of cannon through him uh, and into the goal. And that was 3-0. And I can't remember, certainly from not from looking back at my notes, and we discussed it at half-time, I can't remember George having to make a save uh, in goal at all. Um, he had touches of the ball, but I don't think he had, there was any shots that he had to save. So we kind of, I think I think as a fan base, we were a bit complacent and, I'll be honest. Even we, we joked, and we're not, not going to joke about this again until I got at the end. Again. We're joking. Oh, do we do we chant of like, uh, can we play you every week? That sort of uh, a humorous chant. If uh, if the if it continued like that, I'm glad we didn't chant that while it was still three nil, because two minutes into the second half, Horbury pulled one back. They'd made four changes at half time, put some attacking players on there, and were playing a much more direct long ball game, soaking up, soaking up any advance from us and then playing along on the counter um, and catching out our back four, which happened, unfortunately, time and time again because um, we struggled to deal with that to start off with. Um, one of the subs was the one who pulled the first goal back, uh, Jibril Bojang. Um, it was a long ball over the top that he slotted past... Um, Past George. Six minutes later, it was a different sub, James Cusworth. It was one of their top scorers, I remember, last season. Uh, he scored another shot that curled past uh, into the top corner, past George. And then on the hour mark, it could have turned the other way. Um, we had a penalty denied, which, from my view, looked like a clear penalty, but I was all the way at the opposite end of, of the pitch in the, in the far stand. Um, but it looked to us like the keeper had come out of the area, didn't get the ball and took, I think it was Billy down, um, got the player, none of the ball uh, in a bit of a goal mouth scramble, but nothing was given. Um, obviously, there were people, our players were appealing for it, so you'd think there was something in it. Um, but ref was having none of it. It looked clear from where we were, but I haven't exactly got twenty twenty vision from from that far out to confirm for definite for you. Um, so we didn't get the penalty, which could have, you know, if we'd have scored that, that would have put us back to four two and a bit bit more in control. But unfortunately, the nightmare continued when Horbury equalised to make it three three, and it was Bojang again um, with just under twenty minutes to go. And we started to wonder then, I think there's, watching the game, are we even going to get a point out of this? Have we just lost our heads, not not come out for the second half? We just didn't seem to to be in control anymore. We were losing the ball too easily and, and getting hit on the counter. The players started to look a bit frustrated with what was going on and were arguing amongst themselves, particularly when that third goal went in. They weren't getting into, into gear and there was a bit of frustration in the crowd. And we wondered, like, had the size of the occasion started to get to everyone? I think when we played last year at Featherstone and Horbury beat us, 
the mentality just didn't seem right. It was almost because it was like the first Horbury derby, the first Wakefield derby against Horbury, that we just didn't perform well. We controlled the, the first half beautifully this time, but had something got the better of us again um, in the second half. But as we started to get towards the end of the match, we found a second wind, both on the pitch and off it. And I think it started in the midfield. Danny was making crucial challenges, winning the ball back. Jaden was starting to get time on the ball, making darting runs towards defenders. And then the crowd started to believe again and started to get behind the team. And the more that the crowd supported the players, the more the players got back in control of the game. And it looked like it could even still be too little too late as the clock ticked past the 90 minutes. And probably, I I keep saying it was the 95th minute, it might have been a little bit less, but well into stoppage time. And I can't, for the life of me, I can't fully remember all the details of the goal because it was quite a hectic scene once, once the ball had gone in. But it was a bit of a scramble. There was a couple of shots which had got blocked. The ball falls to Cameron Barnett, our summer signing, who'd replaced uh, Kieran Cissé in the second half. And he thundered a shot past the goalkeeper and into the net, which bulged. And everybody went wild. And it's one of those moments like that Brig match last season where we won it with an injury time winner. And the other games where you've got those, you had to be there and it's one that will go into, everyone that's there will put it into probably their top five Wakefield matches of all time just because of the passion and joy at that 95th minute winner. There's nothing better than scoring in injury time. And especially when, and I feel a bit sorry almost for Forby because Harbour did, credit to them, they did really well to get back into that game. They were they looked dead and buried at half time and they got it back to 3-3. And they must have thought they'd at least got a point or got something out of it and then lose in the last minute for us as Wakefield fans. Absolutely fantastic. But I bet they were absolutely gutted at Horbury. Um, and yeah, once the whistle went for full time, all the way around the ground, um, everyone was applauding the team. The team took time to applaud all the fans and it's yeah, just a great occasion. They spent plenty of time afterwards um, with with a lot of kids that went there signing programs and and shirts and bits like that. So it made it a really great day out. Had it finished three three, I think yeah, we'd have lost two points and we'd have gone home a bit gutted, but we'd still have enjoyed the day out because of the because of the day that it was. Having the ninety fifth minute winner as the cherry on the cake was absolutely fantastic. And it now puts us in a very good position. We are now five wins in a row. All right, we've lost that consecutive clean sheet record that I mentioned last time because I thought if we could get a couple more, we'd be beating our record on that one. We conceded three, so the clean sheet record, we'll have to wait till another time. But five wins in a row now, so we want to keep that sequence going. We're up to third in the table, 18 points from eight games. The two teams above us, uh, it's... Wummel Town, that lead with 21 points, so three points in front uh, from eight games. And Parkgate have the same number of points, 21, but that's from seven games. So we've got two teams that are three points in front of us 
one of them's got a game in hand. Matches coming up. We play Selby next on Tuesday, who are 14th. And then next Saturday at home, we've got Clay Cross, who are 19th in the table. So we're playing Selby away on Tuesday, Clay Cross at home on Saturday. If we get two wins from that, that'll be fantastic and keep this run going because I think now we've started to get some momentum. Um, and even though we were missing Ash Flynn up top, even though Jake's coming on from the bench, um, we're missing Robbie at the back because of his suspension. We're still um, managing to uh, to cope with that quite well. And although, yeah, we, we had a bit of a shocking second half, in terms of, of dealing with what came at us, we still got the win out of it. And I think that's the that's the point for me, is we, we showed the resilience to get back into that game. The fans got behind the players, the players put in the performance at the end of the game to get the win. That's what matters, that's what counts. As a last note, a lot of people who are on social media will have probably seen as well um, that Brad Swain has announced he's leaving. Um, I just want to... From a from Alwick, aren't we? I want to wish Brad all the best. Obviously, I'm I'm sad to see him go because he was a good lad, and I uh, spent a lot of time talking to him last season while he was out injured when he was coming to games. Um, I won't go into all the details with him with him going and what have you, but I do wish him all the best, and uh, he'll certainly get a warm welcome whenever he comes back to play against Wakefield. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook. We've got um, a Facebook page there, Alwick, aren't we? And we're also on X, formerly known as Twitter, as well. So give us a like and a follow on there to keep up to date with any posts that we have. And I'd like to say thank you again for listening. And I'm Sime Boyle, and we are all working, aren't we?